Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Where the hell have you been? Enjoying death. 007, reporting for duty. But Bond catches across the, the buildings a lady looking at him. I think she's called Severine. Yes. Um, yeah, Severine is staring Amazing at him. eyesight from both of them there. Yeah. Like, not... I don't think... Because she recognises him later, and I don't think you could recognise someone from that distance. No. I couldn't. So my eyes are too bad, but like even oh, I'd no. be like, oh, okay, that's sort of a, 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 yeah, a blonde man over there. Yeah. But they do that classic trope of she sees him with the lights are on, and then when the lights go off... And then I come back on, he's gone. Yeah, love it. Yeah, big fan of that. Um, and he's got his poker chip. Yeah, he's got. He's found a poker chip, which he takes to uh, Macau, isn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he takes it there and he cashes it in. Do we know how much, it, how much it's worth? Wasn't it like a million euros? Nice. Also, I uh, must say that Thomas Newman does the music to this. Overall, I'm not fond of his work but i think he right. does a good job in this and he does my favorite thing they should do in bond films which is incorporate the main theme into the soundtrack yeah yeah, yeah. Um, when bond's coming into that casino which was interior of pinewood by the way it looks fucking amazing really yeah the that whole looks great. Ne- the whole um, neon dragons and everything and he's going through on that little boat that was all in the james bond stage wow but he incorporates the skyfall theme into the um really nice into, into that shot it's just one of my favorite pe- i think it's yeah, it's just one of my favourite pieces of music from the film. I, actually, I remember getting this soundtrack because it's got a few really nice cues on it, but yeah. It's fantastic. And that, the, the, the casino as well has a... Um, it reminds me, I think probably it was referenced a bit in Black Panther, the um, the casino scene in that as well, which has yes. a very similar sort of colour palette and everything. No Komodo dragons, though. No, annoyingly. Oh, and also uh, Moneypenny arrives and shaves him sexually. Yes, that was, that was fancy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, she does that and then she, when they're in the, the casino she he, she touches her ear when she's talking to Bond and he says don't do that you sort of mm. think yeah what why was she ever doing that yeah and also does that, an allude, does that allude to the scene at the beginning of Casino Royale where he says to the other guy get your finger away from your ear oh really yeah. oh that's nice yeah so maybe it's touching on that yeah but yeah he goes to collect his euros uh-huh. and, and then he goes and speaks to Severine again who it turns out is kind of like a madam yeah, this say. is like this. This is where always where I, I sort of go. Oh, you've let yourself down there, Bond. Because she's sort of part of the Macau sex trade. Is that right? Yeah, but are we you're not sure exactly what she's been she's been doing there. No, he just knows that she's involved, and he says, "I want to speak to your boss." Yes, uh, she's got a Beretta on her thigh. That's right, and and she knows that he killed the assassin, who it turns out is called Patrice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Patrice uh, feels like every uh, character in like a tricolor textbook. <laughs> yes. Ah, oh, the tricolor textbooks. Yeah, I feel like I've watched Patrice go to the cinema and the beach at the weekend <laughs> quite a lot. The only reason I remember those textbooks is they were the they were the um, the absolute finest example of childhood penis graffiti that you'd always find in textbooks. <laughs> they were like the creme de la creme. The, the most Beautiful. famous example being one where a man was eating a baguette. In yeah. the town square, and like literally about half a mile away, another man standing there, and mm-hmm. someone had drawn the man far away's penis snaking all the way <laughs> up to the baguette the man's about to eat. Perfect. And I just remember thinking at the time, this is like this should be in the Louvre. Yeah, <laughs> someone's put a lot of effort in yeah. there. Beautiful. There was shading and everything, and the veins. And <laughs> anyway, yeah, so he speaks to Severine, and she says, yeah. um, 
what do you know about fear? And he says, all there is. Oh, yeah. yeah. This, this, if there's one thing I would call up, the dialogue in this is a bit bantery. It's all a bit mm. like, I say, you know, when he says to um, Moneypenny, uh, oh, it's hard to move, hit a moving target. And she's like, well, you better keep moving then. All mm. that is all very sort of, it doesn't feel like anyone's actually talking to each other. It's all just zingers. Yeah, you do need at this point that woman from Black Panther to just rip off her wig and start kicking ass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it goes on for a long time, this this chat. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, but the trouble is, we just because you, you, you start to like Severine, and, and you know, no, no spoilers, but uh, it's probably not investing in her that much. No, it's a really weird decision they make later on. But Yeah. Yeah, the long and the short of their chat is that she's on a boat which is leaving in about an hour. Yes. And that he should probably turn up if he wants to go. Which he does. Which he does, but he gets in a fight. Yeah. And then him and the bad guy fight, and the bad guy gets dragged off by a CGI dragon. But yeah, by a special effect. Yeah. He, not before uh, Daniel Craig does a, a double take. Yes. A, a pigeon-style double take. He does. Yeah, and also the baddie tries to shoot him, but of course his gun won't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one time that that gun is useful. Yeah. And again... Also, the, like, the baddie grabs the gun from Bond's pocket to shoot him, but... Why doesn't that guy have a gun? Mm. That that doesn't bring true to me. I he might have a CG heavy. gun like in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> or all the bullets, all the bullets talk. Talk. Yeah. He went the other way. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Bond's gone to Toontown. Yeah, <laughs> I would love that. I absolutely too. love that. Hey, lover boy. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, and then the, we get the bit where mm, it's not that nice to look at, is it? Where Bond just steps into her shower completely naked. That is weird. It's, it's weird. It's a classic example of um, like, may, like sex scenes like that work with the, the, the cinema frame, don't they? Because you can sort of only show what you want to show. Whereas what you never want to do with that kind of thing is imagine what's going on if you don't have like the the you know if, if the, the 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 shot is any bigger mm. because what it does is it's sort of him and he creeps in but obviously down there you've got little little bond's penis yeah and you, you know it, neither neither way is good either he sneaks up on her mm. with his his little flaccid penis or he's already he's already raring to go yeah in which case that feels really weird as well yeah it's not it's just not a good look is it really it really isn't um uh, 20, 2012 this film if he'd be would it be different if i if i was giving notes if mm. i, I want to be you know i don't want to just criticize without offering up a solution mm. would it be sexy if he was like if he was clothed if he was like i'm just so consumed by passion that i'm gonna start kissing you even and get all get all my clothes all wet i don't know that's still a bit weird though isn't it yeah <laughs> it's just pretty weird just arriving in a lady's shower yeah basically it's just the fact that she's showering and he um uh yeah, and that, that he hasn't really introduced himself. No, I mean, I know that I know they talked about it, but she didn't say, "Come and get in my shower." Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe what happened just before this? I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He do, he goes, and she's like, "I'm in the shower. Just take your clothes off. Mm. Hop in. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And That'd then, be nice. Fixed. Fixed. No yeah. problem. <laughs> they should have added some ADR, some awkward ADR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really you, quick. You knocking like, like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then someone who's not her going, I'm just in the shower. Do you want to hop in? I'm <laughs> going, oh, okay. Okay. Can I? And then him saying, oh, do I have your consent to join you? And she'd be like, yes, my enthusiastic <laughs> consent. And then everything's fine. That's brilliant. Fixed. Yeah. <laughs> right, if Eon would like to get in touch, we're consult- consultants for sex scenes from now on. Exactly. Yeah. Can we do punch up of like just a, a sort of a woke punch up? I've just realised two white men doing doing that would be uh, terrible. But still, yes. I'd like to offer our services. Well, maybe you could black up. Yeah, I think we've solved the problem right there. There, there you, you go. go. No, who could be offended by that? No one. Yeah. There you go. I tell you who would be PC gone mad. Oh my god. He works at my local police station. <laughs> he went mad, didn't he? It's very yeah. woke. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he went so woke. He went mad. <laughs> Uh, so MI6, meanwhile, is in crisis. Yes. Uh, and M will have to appear at an inquest. Yeah, she's... Now this... So they, they are in the car again, right? Yeah, well, it gets... Doesn't it go on the news that they're, they're revealing agents? They've exposed yes, them on YouTube. Yes, because she gets another 90s video. That's right. Which looks, it like, says, it looks like the Sex Pistols has had a new album. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't it say, click to claim your prize? Yeah. And she clicks it. Head of MI6 there. 
I mean, she needs to do some of those like elder computer classes. Yeah. Don't if if someone sends you an email they don't recognise, don't click on it. Don't click on the link. She needs to do some of the instead of giving her a laptop, they should give her a DS and those little uh, mental gymnastics games that old people. Yeah. Used to play. <laughs> I can't remember they were called. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, what the um I can't remember now, Doctor Something. Yeah, that one. Yeah, she's just jabbing at it with her stylus. Yeah, well, they can tell them their mental age at the end. <laughs> According to this, uh, Rory, Rory Kinnear, sorry, yeah. I'm, I've got the mental age of 40 years old. <laughs> is that bad, very, is very good, Mum. Yeah. Much better film. <laughs> yeah. So, But no, so she does that, and then, then, they, then she gets sent a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Um, I reckon there's a lot of, like, uh, who hasn't, you know, you, you get sent a link to a YouTube video, and you're like, oh, it's going to be very good. Mm. And she probably looks at it and was like, oh, it's five minutes long. I'm like, let's watch the whole thing. Um, but it's all the agents that have been unmasked. Yeah, and she was hoping it would be Fat Woman Falls Down Well. They've <laughs> 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 yeah. all been unmasked, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's terrible. Hence That's the inquest. Yeah. Um, and yes. mi- meanwhile, the next morning, Bond arrives at Silver's Island. Yes. And this is where it starts to get confusing for me because Severine feels like she's an, a, a, a player in this or a cog. Yeah. And they just got to this point and thought, what are we going to do with her? Let's just, let's just bury her, basically. <laughs> she just sort of wanders off for a bit, right? Yeah. When, he, when, he's, when he's monologuing. Yeah. And you're not quite sure, yeah, what her, her status is or anything. No, and we'll park that because we'll come back to that in a moment. But yeah. he's taken to Silver. Mm-hmm. And I must admit, um, not a fan of Bardem with blonde hair. It looks weird. But He gets really dealt the short straw with hair, doesn't he? This yeah. is no country for old men. Yeah. They really don't want him to have good hair. No. But the scene where he comes down in the lift and slowly walks up yeah. doing that monologue is fantastic. It's really good, isn't it? Even though he belies everything in, in it, all his messages. <laughs> I'm not quite after. sure what it's meant to mean or anything. Well, because with the benefit of hindsight, we know that he wants to be captured and taken to MI6. Yes. So why don't he just get out of the lift and say, shall I ring MI6? <laughs> <laughs> and we'll go yeah. there together. But no, he does the story, as we alluded to at the beginning, yes. about two rat, the rat's problem on his uh, grandmother's island. Mm. Uh, and, uh, which is a nice little uh, allegory, metaphor, whatever you want, of him and yeah. Bond mm-hmm. uh, being rats that only like to eat other rats. I, which I don't track in terms of, like, there are lots of other agents. Mm. If they were the last two agents, I'd be like, you're absolutely bang on. But he, but, um, but there are lots of other... So, so I think... He's just got angry that he's been in, you know, he's been in isolation, hasn't he? He's been in the little drum. Yeah. But Bond, on the other hand, has been eating all the coconut. He has. Uh, so I'm, you know, I don't quite see them both as the the rat eating rat um, that that Javier Badin thinks Javier Badin thinks they are. No, but maybe he means they're like the last of their kind. Maybe, yeah. But even let's say, as you say, um, hmm. Bond is not that. No, at all. But then also, it gets very, uh, it gets homoerotic. Yeah, he touches very him and, quickly, and, and and says to you know Bond, it's first time for everything. I think he says. And yes. Bond says, "What do you? What makes you think this is my first time?" Yeah. Oh. What do we? Uh, what do we gather from that? What I mean, at one is that the kind of thing that would have Clarkson spitting out his popcorn in yeah. disgust. Yeah, he throws popcorn down and stand up and say, "James Bond is not a puff." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because surely that's you think that James Bond has to, if he's a double agent, he has to pretend to be a lot of things. He doesn't always just have to pretend to be a, a heterosexual alpha male. Sometimes he must have to go undercover as, as you know, I don't know, as a as a, a, a homosexual alpha male. He must do. And also, there's yeah. there's a bit in um, from Russia with Love where mm. um, Bond is reading out um, some information, and M's listening on. And, mm. and they're, they're about to, they have to approve what he's doing. And then right. Bond starts saying, there was this time that M and I were in Hong Kong. Mm. And M hurriedly switches off the recorder. <gasps> so I'm thinking it's that. I think him and M, old M, Maybe. Not, not, not Judy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think no, him the, and old uh, M have Bernard Lee. The man M. Yeah. Um, it's very, um, but it is very like uh, guys who want to come across as like metrosexual and sort of go, oh no, I like, you know, I'll just kiss my male friends at a party or stuff. You're like, yeah. okay, that's not really, that's not the same James Bond. No. I think he wants some credit there. He wants some credit for being cool. Definitely. Whereas we, the silver we assume is just, he's got all his henchmen. Yeah. I'd imagine it's just an absolute, absolute 
bang party on that island whenever they're not, you know, packing things. He's probably got a human centipede as well. <laughs> so it gets bored over there. Yeah, we don't know what's what he's coming down from the uh, the lift from. Also, there's this backstory about why the island is empty in, in that he pretended there was a nuclear bomb dropping, I believe. Right, yes. And so everybody escaped. Yeah. So there's lots of detritus around the island where people just hurriedly escaped. Yeah. And I thought, what a great idea for an end of film boss <gasps> place. Yeah, really good, right? A villain's lair on an abandoned yeah. island. What a great mm-hmm. idea. I think they're there for six minutes. It's really, because it's so much fun as well. Yeah, so I think, is it a nuclear bomb drop or is it that that island plays how, is home to a nuclear um, fa- or factory or something? In the factory something like meltdown? that, yeah. But I think he pretended or he falsely said that it was a meltdown or something. Yeah. So you've got an arena there where mm. basically you've only got henchmen and bonds. Mm-hmm. And it's really exciting. And you're like, oh my God, okay. So mm. we've got this playground of this abandoned place. Yeah. And that he can run around and he can shoot the whole place up and blow things up and that'll be really fun. Yeah. Um, and then, like you say, they go outside, they play that the French song. Yeah. And then it's pretty much over. And you're like, oh, that, that was, that's a really good setting. Yeah. It's, it annoys me every time I watch it. Yeah, because you're like, I watch, happily watch a Bond film set there. Also, he spends five minutes blowing his own trumpet about if I wanted to... You know, disable a government. I just press this button. If I want to mm. do this, I press this button. And then the rest of the film, he just doesn't do any of that. <laughs> he literally goes to places to shoot someone in the face. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't understand him at all. No. No, I, like he has... If you think about it, the ways that he could kill M if he can literally sort of do all that stuff it are incalculable. Yeah. And yet he, his, I mean, I'm sure that like the screenwriter's like, no, it's all about the intimacy of like pulling the trigger and watching her die. Mm. But at the same time, there are better ways of doing things. Definitely. I mean, he could have blown her up in her office about an hour ago. Yeah. <laughs> he chose not to do that. Yeah. He's just an idiot, basically. Yeah. Uh, he's just a micromanager, effectively. Because <laughs> then they go outside yeah. and then this is the tricky, the sticky bit, right? Yeah. Severine's tied up, stood next to a statue with a, and he puts a shot of whiskey on her head. Yeah. To do a kind of William, the trick is to do a William Tell style thing. Yes. But because Bond, as we find found out a few seconds ago, <laughs> he um, didn't pass his marksmanship. He, as he, we know, because he was a rubbish shot. So of course yeah. he didn't. He failed everything, but M sent yeah. him out anyway because yeah. he he would tell you it's because he she doesn't care about him and she wants him to get killed. Yeah. But I think we secretly know that M knows that Bond's really good and it'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's that kind of. Um, it's why they do need some kind of uh, accountability is because mm. basically M has a hunch that this guy who's like uh, been out of action for three months is good to just go back in the field immediately. Yeah. You're like, that's terrible. Mm. That's really bad management. So yeah, so he's now faced with the fact that he, he has to shoot some uh, some whiskey off a woman's head. Yeah. Um, with really old guns. Those yeah. don't look accurate at all. No, muskets, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think the kind of the... Um, the shot, you know, the kind of uh, the spray on those things mean it would be impossible to actually shoot that off and not kill her. No, absolutely. And Bond misses. Yeah. And then Silver's like, well, I'll have a go then. And he just murders Severine. And you think, well, what was the point of that? (laughs) No point whatsoever. Really, really nasty. And then, of course, Bond, my interpretation of this being charitable is that Bond sort of just wants to keep a front up to the baddies. Yeah. When he's like, waste of good scotch. Yes. Um, because it's not very Bond to go, oh my God. Yeah, what the fuck did you her. just do? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't feel very Bondy, but still, it's not. It's, it's, it's a weird old scene. Really is. I, I don't like it, if I'm honest. No. I don't like this whole section. It just feels really pointless. Especially when um, the when MI6 turn up seconds later. Yeah. Um, and he's like, I've got a thing called a radio. And it's like, stop gloating. You could have got them here. 30 seconds earlier and she'd still be alive. Yeah, I, I don't know why. It always makes me laugh and it looks a bit naff when one of the helicopters has got a massive Union Jack on it. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. Uh, it's overkill, isn't it? Yeah, and plus, as we were saying about this island, they, they take mm. off the island. We've got two more endings coming up, effectively. Yeah. We've got the whole sequence on the, on the underground mm-hmm. and then they go to Scotland and you've got this other whole ending there as well. Yes. I must say, 
I've got lots of notes hmm. on the underground. Yeah. And they really dry up at the uh, <laughs> Scotland, but we'll yeah. get there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they take Silver to MI6. Turns out, M goes to see him. Yep. He was a former agent. Mm-hmm. Um, another orphan that's been recruited type thing. Yes. And um, basically, he was doing some sort of dodgy dealings in China during the handover. Yeah. So the Hong Kong handover. So she basically just served him. She gave him to China. Yes. That was like for six agents or something. That's, mm. that's what she was able to get back. Mm-hmm. That's right. And you sort of think, oh, that's, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to argue. The logic's there. Mm. Um, but he had a rotten old time of it. He did. He tried to take his suicide pill. That's where she messed up. She yeah. didn't give. She gave him a bad suicide pill. She gave him a bad suicide pill. The one she found in the back of a drawer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't check the best before date on it. No, she was just like, oh, okay. But here you go. Put it in your molar. Fine, Get on with it. Just go away. Um, <laughs> but he did. He doesn't. Die. He didn't die. His face kind of melted. That now that I thought was good. Yes, it's great. It's, it, you have to have a Bond villain who's got some sort of scar somewhere. Yes, that's a good way of doing it. When he takes his denture out and his whole face collapses. Yeah. Really fun. like that. Really like the kind of the the backstory implies as well. Just like oh, that that must have been really nasty. Mm. What you, you know, you take your pill thinking right, this is it, lights out. Yeah, and instead you just make your situation yeah. like a hundred times worse. Yep. So um, Bond takes the laptop to Q. Yeah, and we get this sort of polymorphic bollocks. Oh yeah, I mean uh, it's hacking, isn't it? They're trying to make hacking look visually interesting. Mm. Always hard. It's not interesting in this at all. It's, <laughs> it's like the wireframe game of Star Wars for the Spectrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really bad. But also, this is when M goes to her inquest. Uh, and I really yes. I really like the inquest bit, mainly because of Helen McClory. Who, uh, is it McClory? Yes. Yeah. Oh, she's brilliant. Helen McClory is brilliant. She is just... I mean, she's always good. But mm-hmm. in this, I really like her and Ray Fiennes playing off at each other. It's quite funny. It is fun. A big shout-out as well to Helen McClory in, um, in Quiz. If I was just going to say, quiz. yeah. So good. Mm. So another inquest. Yes. The stakes are less high, arguably. No, and there's, there's more coughing. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I liked it. They could have been happening in like in you know courtrooms next to each other. Yeah, and there's, there's a bit where she's constantly uh, picking on M and asking her questions. Yeah. And then there's that great withering line where Ray Fine says, "If my I may interject," he says something like, "If I may interject, if just for the sake of variety." Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and then she offers variety because all she does is um, do a poem. Yeah. <laughs> which just feels a bit... She reads angry. out her late husband's favourite poem. Yeah. Which, which was, is Ip fine. dip dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you sort of think like... Because when the evidence is stacked against him, you go, yeah, she's actually been bad at her job. Mm. Um, and you sort of go, yeah, you probably should be, you should, probably should be sacked for that. But yeah. um, obviously, Helen McCrory's just one of those stuffed shirts, isn't she, that yeah. Bond hates so much. What does she know? Exactly. Probably. All these probably. people who like, you know, just because our taxes pay M's wages, yeah. she shouldn't have to answer to us. She'll just should happen in the shadows, as she says. This is what they tried to do to the Avengers, Tom. Mm. <laughs> exactly. Mm. <laughs> Captain America was having none of it. He hated it. Yeah, yeah so I don't know how I feel about um, about sort of public ownership of uh, people with amazing amazing superpowers. Yeah, I don't either. No, either way, I think that uh, the inquest was certainly Helen McCrory was really doing that. Like, I'm being I'm being really pernickety mm. and I'm being really um, starchy and horrible. And you're not meant to like her. No, but and I, I kind of do though. Yeah, <laughs> she's really good. Yeah. Um, she's she's married to Damien Lewis, isn't she? Is she? Yeah. That's a that's a nice nice isn't, uh, couple, isn't it? Yeah, Steve McQueen himself. Mm. Oh, I've just I've, uh, my only note on the on the hacking thing as well mm. is that uh, that we're given the the unforgivable line in any hacking scene, uh-huh. um, which is where um, uh, Q says we're in. Mm. Can we have a hacking scene where people don't say something like we're in? I that did... just feels it feels like please find an alternative for that now. He doesn't mention back doors though. So that's good. <laughs> Thank goodness. I found a back door. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but also, because Silver's a complete dick, and we had earlier, yeah. think on your sins and whatever the other message was, when it all goes yeah. wrong, mm-hmm. it, a message comes up saying, not such a clever boy. Yeah, was that a... Does he say clever boy at any point? No. No. I feel like that should be like a back reference to something. I think he was just meaning, you know, you, you may think you're a clever young tech guru. However... You're actually a dick. Yeah, because you've fallen into my trap of... Knowing about obscure tube stations. Yeah, all the doors open. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Everywhere, even in the room they're in, all the doors. <laughs> all their buttons come undone. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all all the, the guys with massive trousers, they all fall down. <laughs> they don't know how he's done it. What the earth's going on, Bond? <laughs> Welcome to All Rather Mysterious, the podcast that aims to unlock the mysteries of the past with the key of fact. My name is John Rain. My name is Eleanor Morton. My name is David Reed. Please join us as we present to you mysteries that have baffled the world. You had any noises? What about um, a door creaking? Uh, you, don't, uh, you don't have to do it. That so. weird kadook that yeah, lights lots. going off makes for some reason in films. <laughs> All Rather Mysterious. 
wouldn't get on the circle line at this time of day. Yeah. And then one of them is just, oh, fuck, what was that? Yeah, or you better be careful. You might go to Cock Foster's. Yeah. <laughs> and the other woman, the woman says, that doesn't make sense. He says, I know, sorry. <laughs> she just gives him a horrible look. He's like, no, oh, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, and then, we, then the rest of the film, we follow them home. And their awful marriage. That would be absolutely amazing. <laughs> and then they get up in the morning and there's a news story saying the head of MI6 has been killed. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's interesting. I wonder if that was the... anything to do with what we saw? No, it can't yeah, be. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then he's on the tube. Mm. And um, Silver's also got on the tube dressed as a policeman. Yeah, he's got because he, he got handed a, a, a bag at Charing Cross. I mean... Where his, did, did he know the exact point in which Q was going to fucking look in his computer and everything goes wrong? That, I mean, the amount of foresight he would have needed. Logistics-wise, I mean, if, if you know in um, uh, Catch Me If You Can, when they eventually catch DiCaprio, yeah. and rather than sending him to prison, they have him work for him, yeah. to having work for them, sorry, to... They should do this with Silver and some logistics company should hire him. <laughs> like FedEx or something. Definitely. Just say, we need to get to, from A to Z at this particular time. What do you suggest we do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he steps out of the, up from that ladder and then a guy hands him a, a uniform. He's changed. He gets on the train. And then when Bond eventually catches up with him, he, it's, exa- it's the exact moment where a tube train comes through the wall. Yeah. Which is all dependent on, on Bond at that exact moment working hmm. out how to decrypt the bug. Yeah, I mean, it's like time travel stuff. It's like those, it's like that Harry Potter film where they go back in time <laughs> and set up everything exactly. Like, you know, they throw a pumpkin at someone's head and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Buckbeak doesn't get killed, that sort of I thing. would have loved it if they they were all rubbish and no, none of them have got how to decrypt his thing. And he hmm. was just there, like, going, oh, guys, I was just thinking about old abandoned tube stations. Probably just have a, a just random thing anyway. So maybe maybe I think about that. And Bond's like so stupid, he still doesn't get it. And he's like there for five days. <laughs> they still haven't got into his, uh, into his encryption. That would be and much he just has, to, just has to tell them. And eventually it was the man on the tube who cracked it. Like in the, in the, <laughs> Zod- in the Zodiac, it was just some couple somewhere who cracked the code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but basically, Bond, long story short, Bond yeah. gets to the inquest at the same time Sylvie does effectively. And Silver's grand plan is to mm. walk into a public inquest, shoot <laughs> everybody. Yeah. When he could have sat on his island and made it go on fire. Exactly. We could just blow it up. That, mm. You know that. He could make the MI6 blow up. He could do anything. He could make a plane crash on it. Yeah. Yeah. He can do he anything he wants. Why go through all that trouble and to shoot someone in the face? Doesn't. Yeah. What's the point? He... So, then, so then Bond shoots a fire extinguisher, which is very smart. Yeah, it's good. And winks. Yeah. Not, um, not Harry then... winks. Yeah, <laughs> just Silver gets away. Mm. Yeah, um, this is it. Silver walks in, fires a few shots, is immediately foiled, and is literally like, "Oh, bugger!" I'll just go. Mm. And he so, doesn't even have like a um, a predator style thing where he like blows them all up or something. No, he's lying on the floor laughing and then explodes. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um. So then we get then we get film number three. Yeah. Where um Rory Kinnear's about to get in the car, but then Bond. Kidnaps M, basically. Yeah. Drives um, her to his lockup. Yes. Which has probably got some awful stuff in it. <laughs> and, and, now, and gets the DB5 out. Is it a D- Now, I, this is where I'm bad, you see. I mm. am not a car person. I'm not really, but I know it's a DB5. Right. Okay, so it's an Aston Martin DB5, and that yeah. is Sean Connery's car, is that correct? It's from Goldfinger, yes. And right. Thunderball, yeah. It looks great. It looks yeah. lovely. It's even got the ejector seat button. Which is a, a very funny little thing that they mentioned. Yeah. Um, which is like, go and eject me. Which makes me think, mm. if he is a new agent and all the other films aren't canon, yeah. what's happened to Bond to get a car fitted with an ejector seat? <laughs> and machine guns. Because it's, yeah. it's not an MI6 car. Has so he just tripped it out personally? It looks like he has. Um, getting a license for that must be awful. Or maybe it's like, that's his thing for women. You know, he picks up a woman and then when mm. he's like, uh, if they start, you know being too problematic he's just eject them they start wittering on about shopping and shoes exactly yeah. Clark, once again Clark's in the cinema <laughs> being like yes! finally bloody yes <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean I know that, that this is a trite point and everyone always makes these mm. uh, these points but it, it does bother me that his plan is to take her up to Scotland yeah and they go from Westminster to the Greenwich Peninsula on their way to Scotland yeah uh, and uh, yeah, Hollywood films are always like the, the, the geography of London is never respected. But even I was like, but you know what side of the river that is? Yeah. 
But you know, they go from north to south in order to go to Scotland. Yeah. Just yeah, I find that absolutely infuriating. And um, Bond at this point phones Q, yes. and basically says, "Could you leave digital breadcrumbs mm. to lead Silver to where we're going?" Mm-hmm. Which at which point he should say, "I'm going to drop off Emma at a travel lodge <laughs> in Carlisle." But yeah. can you put digital breadcrumbs all the way to my place in Skyfall? Yes. And then we won't even go to Skyfall. We'll just watch it. Mm. They'll arrive and then we'll just nuke it. Yeah. Is the only logical thing to do. Yeah. Uh, but me, but he gets caught by M doing this. Oh, sorry, he gets yes. caught by Mallory. Oh, yeah. Who got shot in the uh, inquest, but it's fine because it turns out he used to work in Northern Ireland. <laughs> so, so he's hard as rocks. He's the, uh, he's the airy Neve of, um, of uh, MI6. That's right. Yeah. Um, but he they think they're going to get in trouble, Rory Kinnear and uh, Q. Yeah. And M says, leaving digital pr- footprints, eh? What a good idea. Yeah. Don't tell the PM, I'll have my balls for breakfast or something. <laughs> because for some reason they think they're going to get in trouble for trying to apprehend a, a villain. A terrorist. Yeah, they're like, yeah. well, we're going to, uh, we better not let anyone know what we're doing. Like, why not? That is, you're doing a good job. That is one of the only good things that you've done this whole film. Exactly. I, you're more likely to get sacked from the fact that you were the one who opened up every single door in MI6 and allowed them to almost get killed. Yeah, I know. At no point in this film has, has Q displayed any kind of, apart from what he's doing now, which is, by the way, what he was asked to do. <laughs> he showed no kind of in, 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 initiative or ingenuity at all. No, not at all. So you're like, be proud of it. Be proud of yourself, Q, yeah. for what you're doing. Just awful. Awful. So then they're on. We get another Judy Dench getting out of the car. Yes. <laughs> is this the fourth or fifth? I think. I think it might be. Uh, no, I think it's the fifth. Yeah. Um, take a shot because then you get that lovely shot of the, the Scottish oh, Highlands. Beautiful. Yeah. And she she just talks about how orphans make the best agents. Yes. Um, um, little agent Annie. Exactly. Yeah. Is um is that is so is Bond being an orphan? Is that kind of established early on? Yes. Okay, that's yeah, his parents there. died in a climbing accident. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like in um, Cliffhanger. Like in Cliffhanger, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he has that same dream every night. <laughs> Except there's two of them there instead of one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got the face of Sylvester Stallone for some reason. <laughs> um, so they go to, as we find out, they go to an estate which is called Skyfall. Skyfall. Yeah, and they get there and they meet King Cade. Yes. Talking of Orphan Annie, it's Daddy Warbucks. Oh, of course. Um, Orphans are boys! (laughs) Is, um, am I right? Is the rumour correct that this was meant to be Sean Connery? That was what I'd heard. I don't know if that's true. Right. That would have been weird, I think. Well, so that would have really, that, if we're thinking that that would have been an old Bond, then they, then they would have been leaning into the idea that Bond is a code name, which I know is very, a very controversial theory. Don't like it. Yeah. No, you don't like it? No. Right, he's that's just his name. That that means that if but if the Bond's a code name, that means that every single iteration of Bond has had to mourn a wife that wasn't theirs. <laughs> I got you. Which is a bit weird. It's yeah, like yeah, saying, yeah. By the way, the keys are there. Uh, start at <laughs> nine o'clock on Monday. Also, this is your ex-wife now. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair news. Uh Yeah. So Kincaid comes out and he's like, mm-hmm. everything's been sold. All that's left is this shotgun. Yes, that is problematic as well, because what I love about this is, you know, what goes on to happen to Skyfall, yeah. that belongs to someone else. Yes, that's right. I mean, someone turns up and he's like, where's my house? Yeah, I mean, they might have wanted to knock it down anyway, but yeah. they haven't got any choice now. No, they'll have to live in the chapel. Also, Bond basically, exactly, Bond basically said, I never liked this house anyway. It's like, was well, someone else's, mate, not your, <laughs> yeah, yeah. your problem. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that is a liberty that they just, you know, it's not it's not their property. And they're like, well, we'll lure um, a load of people here. You know, I think um, you, if, they've, if they've completed on the exchange, then then you have no right. No, absolutely. But we do find out the house has got a priest hole. <laughs> and Kincaid says, and I quote. Yeah. Uh, he, 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 when he came out, he, he, sorry, Kincaid says, and I quote, that Bond hid in the priest hole for two days. And when he came out, he wasn't a boy anymore. <laughs> what does that mean I, it's, what happened in there is it just full of porn mags yeah <laughs> two days blimey two days is too long it is I mean we've been in lockdown for a while now but I'm thinking that you'd get stir crazy in, in, in the priest hole you would it's um 
yeah. Also, I think there's a lot of uh, sorry to uh, to harp on about it, a lot hmm. of priest cells in Doctor Who as well. Yeah. So they're always finding different priest cells. So I'm surprised that didn't factor into it more. Yeah, there should have been a TARDIS in there. Yeah, yeah. Or Wolf Hall. Nice. Should have had um, you know that man who's in Wolf Hall. I've forgotten his name. Oh God. Mark thingy. Mark, Mark Rylance. Rylance. Yeah, he should have been there going, oh, <laughs> Him having, having to be impermanent in darkness because it wasn't lit very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, which is basically the second half of, the, of this, the whole Skyfall section is yeah. just, just straining to see what's going on. Yeah. So Mark Rylance would make a good M. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Bond, but no, he wouldn't because he can't talk properly. No, no, that would be that'd be difficult to watch. Mark Rylance, you've got the part of uh, this this act. Uh, you've got this role. How are you going to mm. play it? Well, I was thinking I'd just talk like this. <laughs> Could you speak he, normally? No, no, I can't do that. You wouldn't be good at the zingers either, because it'd be like he'd watch someone die and then just be like, "Oh no!" Like, <laughs> you meant to like zing it. You meant to be like, "Oh, it looks like Christmas came early or something." Oh, it's awful. Yeah, <laughs> or oh, mortality. I feel so awful. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh, so basically we then get and I know it's easy to say and I'm afraid it is it's home alone isn't it you get them going yes, around the house yeah. building traps for the wet mm-hmm. bandits yeah and, and um, like once again the hardest way of going about any of this hmm. like why not just if, if they, you know they're coming why don't you just go miles away yeah. and then wait for them all to go in and then just then just you know explode the place Yeah, it's it's oh. a really elaborate way of, of offing bad guys or put a suicide vest on Kincaid <laughs> <laughs> and when they come in and say where's Bond he just goes oh god I've got cancer press, <laughs> presses a button and the whole house explodes so what you're saying is this and Big Fish there's, a, there's the crossover yeah exactly yeah, yeah. he should have you're a giant die. that comes in that can't walk properly yeah with a bar one on his leg yeah yeah but as it is they like you say they set up all these traps mm. and it's fine like yeah. it's alright but it's a weird ending like the, the the tube chase feels more cinematic and more bondy, um. So it's it feels quite odd that this is like the final big yeah. big action piece. I've never enjoyed this ending. the The only thing that I got, I, the only enjoyment I got from it this time was have you seen nineteen seventeen? No, not yet. Right. Well, that uh, like so that's a Deakins uh, Mendes collaboration again. Yeah. And you see probably what were the the sort of ideas that came from that, which is you know when when Sky falls on fire. And basically so much of that last bit is just this orange light and yeah. these silhouettes running through. Yeah. There's a lot of that in 1917. Oh, okay. And that's quite, I quite enjoyed that, seeing where that they probably sort of thought, oh, we could do a, almost a you know film where a whole hour long section is is this. Mm. Um, so I quite like that. I, I like the bit in the ice. Mm. That's oh, my, I, it looks stunning. It's just, yes. it doesn't do anything for me in terms of, a, it's not a Bond film. No, no, it's something else, isn't it? It's, it's well, it's, it's sort of two elderly people fleeing a burning building, yeah. uh, which is more sort of just just quite upsetting, really. And also, the central theme of this film is a man having a midlife crisis, essentially. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that doesn't feel very Bondy either. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're meant to think, especially when like the helicopter smashes into Skyfall, that mm. this is Bond somehow putting to rest all the issues of his childhood. Yeah, that man, he needs therapy. He does. This is if if the only way you can begin to feel any catharsis is to destroy a building, then you need you need to go and see a therapist. You do, but long story short, uh, he blows up the house, takes down Silver's helicopter, yep. but Silver notices Kincaid, stupid Kincaid, with his torch. Oh, yeah, leading, yeah, he keeps calling her. Does he keep calling her Judy? No, he doesn't call her Judy, does he? Emma. It, oh, he keeps on calling her Emma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like at the end of Star Wars when um, when. Mark Hamill says Carrie when he sees Princess Leia. <laughs> but he takes her into the chapel. Yeah. Because uh, I think he wants to have sex with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he's heard she's single. Mm. Probably seen her, <laughs> probably seen her on Tinder. Yeah. And, um, and then they... Silver bursts in. And yes. He wants to shoot himself and M at the same time. Oh, that's silly. That, that, this is when it gets silly. Yeah. Because you're like... They're gonna do. They're gonna do the Bond thing. Oh, sorry, the Indiana Jones thing, where you shoot like one bullet kills two people. Yeah. Oh, um. But you sort of think that. But how can you get any satisfaction from that? I don't understand at this point what he wants to achieve. No, I've no idea. I, I think that <laughs> I think this was kind of made up as they went, really, because it doesn't feel very. I don't know. It doesn't feel very rehearsed or anything. It's just weird. <laughs> and then just when, as he's about to do it, this knife just appears in his back. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't see it get thrown or anything. No. And then Bond just goes, last rat standing. 
which again doesn't really make sense. No, no. Um, the the moral of the story wasn't that they they don't eat the coconut and then one of the rats kills the other rat. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I did. I did. A lot of this I didn't quite understand because ultimately Bond. I mean, this is another one almost like Indiana Jones where Bond achieves nothing. Yeah. Like he wants to. Well, he gets just, M killed. Yes. <laughs> so that, there you go. That's what he definitely achieves. If you've <laughs> not taken her with him, she'd still be alive. But which yeah. is the only thing Silver wanted, right? Yeah. So Bond did it for him. Yeah. Because she so gets, she got shot during the house raid, didn't she? And that's what. Yes. That's what Whereas, like her. you say, if she'd been in a travel lodge somewhere. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. Um. So. So yeah, Bond. If you think about it, this, all the Silver wanted to do was kill M, which he achieved. He was willing to kill himself in the process. He gets killed. Um, so, so yeah, I'm not quite, this doesn't feel like a huge victory. Also, if you thought there was an inquest before, we've, <laughs> we've had an inquest that was invaded by a gun-toting madman. Yes. MI6 breached. <laughs> M is dead. Yeah. And a house has been blown up that wasn't, <laughs> that didn't belong to Bond. Yeah. I mean, that's just tons of paperwork. Oh my God. That would be, yeah, that, that would be like Chilcott or one of those. It'd just be like yeah. huge reams of paper being spent on this boring inquest. Yeah. But no, so why did you, so you typed it in and then every door in MI6 <laughs> opened. Why is every door in MI6 controlled by one system? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah. So M dies <clears throat> yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. And um... Can I tell you a little story about uh, M dying? Yeah. Uh, I uh, do uh, comedy writing and um, I was writing on the news quiz uh-huh. and uh, they just had the royal premiere of, uh, of the, because every Bond film has a royal premiere, don't they? Yes, they do. Yeah. That's the big thing. Um, and attending the royal premiere had been Sandy Toxvig. Uh-huh. So she comes into work. None of us have had the chance to see the film uh-huh. because it's, she's just seen the royal premiere. Yeah. Um, and she goes, oh, is it the royal premiere of the, of the new James Bond film? And they're like, oh, how was it? And she went, well, M dies. <laughs> I was furious. Like you can't sort of be angry at something. But I was like, "Don't don't say that." That's yeah. So I knew that that happened. Sort of having before the the reviews came out or anything. So Sandy's toxic is a spoiler. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like oh, spoiler. Okay. So yeah. So I knew that. That's awful. Um, going in, um, Simon so Hogger wouldn't have done that. <laughs> exactly. Is that Mars Jupp wouldn't yeah. wouldn't have had a peep from him. He wouldn't have gone to see it though, would he? I, I'm surprised he hasn't turned up in one. That's true, actually. Maybe he's a bit too um, of a cartoon sort of um, Englishman. I don't know. If he played, if he played like a MI6 member, like the guy he plays in um, the thick of it, what was he called JT or something? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like, I'd, I'd, I'd take that because he's quite, yeah. he's quite awful as well as being annoying. Um, and of course, the other thing about this is you get to see the the gravestones of Thomas and Martha Bond. Yes. Um, Martha, are... another Martha. Another Martha. <laughs> um, obviously, Sup- they are, Superman, it, Batman, and Bond have got a mum yeah. called Martha. Um, what are their real names? It's Andrew or Monique, isn't it? His parents. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, but and they, but in my mind, they were killed. Um, they were killed outside the opera. Yes, exactly. <laughs> By the pearls everywhere. Joe Blofeld. Yeah. <laughs> everything has to be linked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am the author of your pain. I murdered yeah. your parents. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so then, then I that's dropped it. a piano on his head, and he sounded just like this. <laughs> <laughs> when I killed your brother, that was um, edited out of the TV version. No. Yeah, when he says, and they spoke just like this. It was very scary. Oh very yeah, I, 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 when it was the thirtieth anniversary in twenty eighteen, I took my kids to see it. They showed it yeah. at my local cinema. My kids were terrified when he turns into the tune guy at the end. Oh my god! It's it's on another yeah. uh, at the risk of re- repeating other. Great Big Al podcast. Hmm. Is this Great Big Al? Yeah. Yeah, good. Um, <laughs> suddenly panicked. Um, I, I've gone into great depth about how this is one of my... On the Fear podcast, I've talked about Judge mm. Doom and how absolutely terrifying he is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's too much. He did a Q&A it's... recently. Sorry we're talking about Who Friend Roger Rabbit, but <laughs> yeah, no, uh, Disney Plus did a Q&A on lockdown with Christopher Lloyd, and it was a video, oh, yeah. a video Q&A, and he was asked quite a lot about Who Friend Roger Rabbit. Yeah. And he said that he wanted to play... They said, "How did you come up with the character of Judge Doom?" And he just said, "Oh, well, I saw the glasses and the hat, and I just hmm. and I just did the voice." And I thought, "You didn't really do a voice, though, did you? You just <laughs> I mean, you're not a chameleon, Chris. Let's be honest." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you sort of just were, were, were sinister Doc Brown. That was your yeah. What you went for? Yeah. Uh, um, 
It's yeah. a great performance, but yeah, it's it's a Chris it's Christopher Lloyd being Christopher Lloyd, really. It is. But anyway, we should get back to Scaffold. Um, yeah. So Bond is back in London now. Yes. It's, it's after M's funeral. She's gifted him the British bulldog that she's got on her desk. He stood, there's an, a, a stunning vista of London. Yeah, lovely. Which, I mean, you'd love to think, yeah, that's the top of MI6. It's, he's probably standing on top of an H&M or something. Mm. Like, it's not. it's probably not a fancy building he's standing on. No. It's like a Pret. Yeah. Yeah. It probably uh, is a prep, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> or if it wasn't, then got... it is now. Yeah. <laughs> He's gained access to the roof of a prep to, yeah. uh, to, to mourn Judy Dench. Yeah, quite right. She loved, yeah, she and loved he gets the though. dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, there's a good bit here, which turns out not to be true. But he goes into, he walks in the office, like in the old Bond films, and there's, yeah. there's Eve behind the desk, and we find out that she is money penny. Mm-hmm. And he has to go and see him, and he's got the old-fashioned doors back where it's um, a kind of leather padded leather door going oh, into right. the. Is that a reference? Yeah, that's, all, that's how they, the doors always looked in M's office. In the... Oh, nice! So he walks in, and there's yeah. Rafe finds behind the desk, and he just mm-hmm. says, uh, "Are you all right to carry on with your duties and all that?" Yeah. And he's just like, "Yeah, cool." And then he says, "007," and he says, "M," and then <laughs> in the beginning of Spectre, no, he wasn't ready at all because he's still. Haunted by his past, <laughs> as ever. That is the tragedy of this. Is like the end of this film is almost like, are we ready to have another five Craig films mm-hmm. with like this new cast in place and we're yeah. gonna love them? Yeah. You're like, yeah, great. Mm-hmm. And then there's there's gonna be like there's like two more. Yeah. It feels like they spent all this time getting the getting this new crew in place and being like, these are gonna be your friends for the next you know five installments. Yeah. And. They've, they've, there's going to be Spectre and then the new one, right? Is that yeah, the only... No Time to Die, yeah. Two films yeah. in eight years. Yeah. It's dreadful. You, it, it just, I think it sets up so much. You're like, great, okay, we've got Money Penny, we've got the new M, we're ready to go. Let's right. have a, a, exciting adventures with my new Bond friends. And, and yeah, like you say, two films in eight years and then it's over. People, are, you know, people say, oh, he's had, the, he's had the Bond role the longest, you know? And it's like, yeah, because he's only made five films. <laughs> Roger Moore did about seven in six years. Yeah, yeah, they they should be a bit more like Bond films should be a bit more like porn films. You should basically make like two in an afternoon. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> the tradition was that they did one every year or one every wow. two years, and yeah. now they've done three in ten years. Have they suffered from maybe that? The you know, while Mendes and things they are incredible, and like this film made a billion a billion quid mm. and was amazing, but like they became prestige pieces mm. when which take longer to make. When what you want is sort of just. They, you want something that's a bit more like, oh, you, what you don't end up getting is a fine Bond film. Sorry to talk about another Great Big Owl product, but much yes. like Doctor Who, modern Bond is oh. also suffering like modern Doctor Who in that, yeah. as you say, they have become prestige pieces and it mm. takes a long time to make a series or it makes, it makes a long time to make a film. Whereas old, yeah. old Doctor Who and old Bond, mm-hmm. they would just oh like, they'd, they'd hand make everything and chuck it at the screen and... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just about filling time, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, um, I'm pretty sure at one point the British uh, economy was just Bond films and yeah. and uh, confessions films, and they yes. were just like throwing them all at the screen. Yeah, and Mary Wellington films. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, no, I'm I agree. A, I think. I'm a huge believer that Bond and uh, Doctor Who are so similar. Yeah. In terms of uh, how they're made and how they're built, mm-hmm. and how the, it was the same crew working on them for so long and. It was yes. an industry rather than... Well, it was, a, it was a very good industry, but I just think the modern ones are very, I don't know, kind of... They feel kind of corporate and strange. Interesting. Well, it's they, they were built to be episodic, right? They, they're mm. built to be, like, especially Bond films aren't... They're, they're part of a, a longer story. They're more like sort of the Marvel franchise or something. Yeah. Um, where they're all part of a story where... Um, but yeah, that doesn't... You can't have it both ways. You can't have a film every four years... But then also have it like it's a continuing story. No. Because that's the most frustrating story to watch ever. Well, that's the great thing is if, if someone said to you, oh, uh, not, I, complete opposite of Marvel, in fact. If someone said to you, mm. I want to watch Your Majesty's Secret Service, do I need to have watched Goldfinger? Like, yeah. Well, no, because it's a completely different. Yes. It's, it's just yeah, a story. Yeah. It exists on its own. I mean, it's a bad example because that does echo throughout the entire franchise. But um, mm. yeah. Whereas the new ones, it's like, well, I'm going to watch Spectre. Do I need to have watched all these? Yes. Yeah, yeah. They specifically say this is the culmination of the last three films. Even though Spectre does do that embarrassing thing like in Spider-Man 2 where it shows you pictures from the other films. <laughs> oh, God, this is bad. Like publicity. Yeah, they, they all print them out and stuff. Yeah. 
I would shout out my, um, my someone I went to secondary school with, a guy called Hugh McClellan, um, I think was part of the art team on uh, Spectre. Uh-huh. And so when they have the list of, um, as they say in, in Skyfall as well, the list of people who fell when MI6 exploded, mm. and she said, I will have your name struck off. Mm. Um, his name, though, they must have used the name of the people in the art department because his name's on there. Wow. <laughs> but we've got to the point now where I need to ask you some questions. Oh, yes. Go for it. Uh, which, uh, to lift the veil, I only remembered to send Tom about. <laughs> so these aren't going to be the best answers, but I'll, no. I'll do my best. We'll, we'll do our best. So, yeah. <clears throat> uh, Tom, Hello. what's your favourite Bond film? My favourite Bond film is the film we've just been talking about. It's Skyfall. Oh, that's interesting. I'm, uh, not, a, I'm not a huge Bond fan, but I really... I saw this at the cinema and I, I own it on Blu-ray. Um, mm. And I, it's very watchable and I think it looks very handsome. and I do, I do enjoy it. Mm. Okay, well, what's your least favourite? I, I'm not a fan of the the one that immediately followed it, Spectre. No. I was really amped up with uh, with with Skyfall, and I was like, "Oh, I, I think I'm I think I'm into Bond now." And mm. then I watched that one, and I was like, "Oh, not if they're like this." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> um, Bond is full of silly lady names such as Holly Goodhead, Plenty O'Toole, and Penelope Smallbone. Can you give yes. me your best Bond lady name? Right, I'm going to go the other way with this. I'm going to call her Helen Respect. Helen Respect. Her name's Helen Respect. I like it's it. not. It's not in any way uh, rude. Hmm. She just. She just does her job, yeah. and and she does not put up with anything. And and Bond tries to like banter with her, and she's having none of it. Okay, that's good. Because <laughs> I gotta get. Or alternatively, uh, Jemima. Jemima uh, Big Chest. Oh, big Chest. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Could you give me your best Bond made-up film title? Um. Surely it should be like a combination of all of them. It should be. Um, Gold dies forever. Gold dies forever. <laughs> I like that. Um, uh, so you are Q. Sorry about that. Uh, what, gadgets, <laughs> what gadgets would you have made for Bond in this film if you had your way? Hmm. Obviously, they make a big show of it not being a very gadgety thing. Hmm. What would have been helpful? I suppose the thing that... Is what they never have is like an automatic bullet remover. Right. Um, that'd be really handy, right? To have in the field, like I think M might have survived if they'd spotted that she'd been shot and gone. Oh, let's like use a big magnet to get the bullet out of her. Or like a bulletproof vest, you mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something that an MI6 um, officer should have on them at all times. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I tell you what, let's just go for a bulletproof vest. It would have helped him out in um, in Istanbul. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have helped her out so she didn't die mm-hmm. a lot. And, and basically, it's it's readily available. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's uh, an oversight on their part, I'd say. We don't really go for those anymore. No. <laughs> uh, and finally, who would you have? Jo- and finally, who mm. would you have as James Bond next? Tough, tough. Mm. Um, the casting of Bond is a really um, is is really tricky. Um, and I I I tell you who I I really like. Mm. He'd be a bit of a bumbling Bond. Do you know Joel Fry? The name he's in about. yes, he's the, the the sort of the silly, the other silly mate in Yesterday in the film Yesterday. Oh, I haven't seen Yesterday. Ah, um, I don't want to see it because it's a war crime. <laughs> Joel Fry. Um, oh, okay, yeah, 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 I know him. Yeah, he's in Game like, of Thrones. He's in Game of Thrones, mm. and um, I think he because uh, he's still young. So, like, mm. even if you're not, if he wasn't in a film for another like three years. I think he'd just be, uh, he'd have a bit of vulnerability to him, but he can do like, in Game of Thrones, he's got, he's, he can do sort of proper acting. And I'd be like, oh yeah, that'd be quite, that'd be quite cool. Yeah. That's um, a good shout. The, um, I do like the joke in the new trailer of the film that we may never get to see um, when he says Bond and then the guy looks at him and he says to say James Bond to explain, and that's why, you know, that's him explaining who he is. But that was a neat little trick. That was a nice little gag. Yeah. No, it's great. Yeah, I've got high hopes for the new one, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, well, they've got. I, you sort of wonder now um, whether they are reviewing it and just going like, "Can we make this any better?" Getting, you know, they could do other cuts and stuff, I guess. Mm. Um, so they've had enough time now to make it proper, properly good. It's not they're not up against a release schedule or anything. No, no, um, no. I've got high hopes for it as well. Yeah, let's hope it's good. Yeah, they've got Fleabag doing doing punch up on it as well. Exactly. I hope Bond likes lots of anal. <laughs> The um the, the 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 gun barrel at the start will just be a, a massive arsehole. That would be the. Oh <laughs> uh, well, Tom, always a pleasure to have you. On. <laughs> Glad we're ending on that. Fantastic. It's the, it's, it's the way we would have wanted it. Yes, exactly. Um, thank you for sharing your Skyfall thoughts. Thank you so much for having me. What an absolute treat. Lovely. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.
you're a fan of all things geeky, you're going to love Concessions, a brand new podcast by comedian Matt Hunton and myself, Beck Hill, where we interview your favourite cult heroes at Comic-Cons all across the world. We've got stars from Star Wars, Harry Potter, The Walking Dead and more. Make sure you tune in soon to Concessions. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.